Hey, this is Jeremy, and you're listening to the Negotiating Life Podcast. Today, I want to share with you how I almost quit the crisis and hostage negotiation team before I was even selected. So I'll never forget the day that I actually went to interview to be a hostage negotiator. It's not something that you just get to do. You actually have to go through in a full interview process, which I think we're all glad that that's a, that's a thing because you wouldn't just want anybody negotiating with people. And the the truth is though, a lot of people, even myself, I thought you were selected and you got to go through training and all those things. And then you would interview amongst a group of people, but that's not how it worked. As a matter of fact, I got no training. I was just like you. I mean, I had some training because I was already a first responder and I was out on the streets and I'd work with people and I had been on um, important calls and I had gone and responded to what we would call hot calls and things like that but I'd never been trained to actually negotiate. I'd never been trained to talk someone down if they were considering jumping, never been trained to talk someone into stepping outside their house if they were barricaded inside or to release a hostage or to any of those things to give up or to just take one more chance on life. I'd never been taught formally to do that. And yet here I was, because a supervisor came to me and said, I think you would be really good for this. Why don't you interview? And that was it. And so I reached out some to some different people. I reached out and said, hey, can you give me some training materials, some people that were on the team? I said, can you tell me a little bit about what I should know? And I got a little bit, but they were actually very, uh, they were very hush-hush about what to expect. And I found out why. So because of who I am and, and because of my own personal background, I was pretty confident, hey, this person asked me to be on the team. She's been on the team for almost 20 years. Of course, if she wants me to be on the team, I'm getting on the team. This is just a formality. And so I showed up to the interview and it was unlike any interview I'd ever been to. Because when, you, when I got there, well, first of all, I knew the head person who was doing the interviews. When he walked out to greet me, I kind of smiled and went, oh, cool, this is going to be even easier because one person's already recommending me and then I know this guy and he's on the interview panel. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm gold, I'm, sol- I'm solid. He was very serious though. And he said, all right, here's what's going to happen. You're going to walk into that room and there'll be a man and he's sitting on a bridge. Now, obviously there wasn't a bridge inside the room. This was all simulated. It was a scenario that we were doing. And he said, there's gonna be this man there and he's on a bridge, he's unarmed and he's just rocking back and forth. It's your job to get him to come down off the bridge. Go ahead whenever you're ready. Man, my heart began to pound. I became so nervous and I said, okay, here I go. Put on the game face. Do the things that you have learned. Go talk. Make sure you can get him talking. That's the goal. So I walked in and here was this man. I would say he was in his late 50s and and he was just kind of rocking back and forth on a simulated bridge. And I said, sir, do you want to come down off the bridge with me? And he didn't respond. Matter of fact, he didn't respond to me at all. I asked lots of questions. And for about five minutes, he said nothing. Nothing at all. And here were these people on this panel watching me and I could feel the pressure. I felt like I was already already failing and I couldn't get this guy off the bridge. And, and he just kept rocking back and forth. And I used some of the things that I had learned from asking a couple questions and things like, hey, sir, it makes me really nervous when you rock like that because I, I don't want you to fall and, and, and accidentally hurt yourself. So could just why don't you step back away from the bridge? And he finally stopped and I thought, oh, I'm making progress. And he looked at me and he said, go 
away. And I, I said what a good negotiator would say. I said, sir, I'm not going away because I care about you and, and I want to make sure that you're okay. And so I'm not going to leave. Tell me a little bit about what brought you to the bridge. Go away. I said, sir, like I told you, I'm not going to go away. I'm here. I'm here and I want to talk through this with you. How can I help you? Help me understand. I want to understand what's going on. He just looked at me. I said, do you want to come down? And he, no, go away. What's your name? Go away. Nothing but go away and no for the next five, 10, what felt like hours was, but was actually, I think a total of seven minutes, but <laughs> it felt like the whole thing took an hour and he never said more than no or go away. And he never came off the bridge and they called the end of that scenario. Now I immediately, I immediately, it's like, this is part of the game. He wasn't coming down anyways. So I did fine. I did good. I kept talking. My energy was good. I'm fine. And then I answered their questions and then there was another scenario and I'll tell you about that another time. And, and then I um, answered more questions and then I gave my closing speech because in our world at the very end of any interview, you are always given an opportunity to, is there anything more you would like for us to know? And this is your chance to tell them why you would be the perfect candidate for the team compared to other people. Not that you specifically name other people, but you list all, it's your chance to list your resume. They've got it in front of you, but you get to list it. And so I gave my spiel and I walked out and I actually felt very confident. I saw smiles. It seemed like we had good rapport. We were having a good time. I'm like, I'm going to make this team. It's great. There was like 10 people that were also interviewing for the one spot that was available. So I knew it'd be a couple days because those interviews take time. And I happened to see the supervisor who had invited me to put in for the team. And so I said to her, I said, Hey, Laura, how did it go? Like, what, what are they saying about me? Was it good? Did I do all right? And she just kind of smiled. And she goes, well, you'll hear back soon. And I said, okay, but can you give me some feedback? I know you can't tell me if I made, made the team. That's fine. But can you give me some feedback? And she said, do you really want to know? Because the decision hasn't been made yet, but I, but I do know some things. Do you want to know? And I said, yeah, I really do want to know. And inside I thought, are you sure you want to know? And so I said, just tell me something. What she goes, well, you remember that first scenario? And I said, oh, the guy with the bridge. And she goes, yeah. She goes, well, he's been on the team for, as a negotiator, because she was a team leader. And she said, as a negotiator, he's been on the team like the longest. He's been on for almost 15 years. And he's done this a lot. He always helps. He's very good at scenarios. Um, he had some feedback. I'm like, oh yeah, that was a really hard one. And, but I feel like I did good. I was talking, she goes, well, hold on. And I said, uh-oh. And she goes, well, let me just share it with you. She said, he told us as, as the team, and he specifically told the panel that had he truly been having a bad day, a bad day that was bad enough for him to go up to a bridge like he was on that day, and you came up to him, in his words, he said, if that young man had walked up to me and talked to me the way he talked to me and tried to connect with me the way he tried to connect with me, I would have jumped. My heart sank. I was embarrassed. My ego was hurt. The, the gravity of what that actually meant, that if this was real, I would have, in my mind, forced a man to jump. It was horrible. And so I began to like protect the ego. And I said, oh yeah, that guy was really hard. I hope I never have to work with that guy. And honestly, I, I really don't, it's okay if I don't get on the team. I really wasn't really interested. It was just a fun idea. And, and she stopped me again. She could see in that moment 
that my one failure was leading me down a road to not pursuing something that she, number one, knew I'd be good at, and number two, knew that I needed because I needed something that made a real difference. And so she she stopped me and she said, Jeremy, do you think you're going to succeed the first time you walk in? Tell me about your training and negotiations. Tell me, have you been to the FBI class? How many hours have you done learning about the behavioral change ladder? How many times have you have you practiced and gone through scenarios about building influence, rapport, asking good questions? How many times have you been taught about your energy level matching their energy level? And I said, well, of course, none of those things. And she said, right, no one is perfect at these things. I said, yeah, but I made a man want to jump. And she said, yeah, you did. And thank God it wasn't real. But do you think if we, if we let you on this team, do you really think we're going to put you on a bridge with that man before you're ready? She said, don't quit before you get started. And man, that was such a wake up call for me because here's the truth about my life. And in life, I would have been negotiating things all the time. And my typical negotiation of a, of a hard turn or a difficult hill had been to turn around and go the other way or find a different route. When I'm going from point A to point B, oftentimes, if I have to negotiate a tricky turn or maneuver, I turn around and go the other way up to that point. Oftentimes I quit before I get started. Knowing that when you're first getting started, you don't even know what you don't know. And yet I oftentimes didn't take the steps to go to the next level because I was so scared about failing and and, and, and failing at that level. And she said, Jeremy, don't stop before you get started. I didn't say you didn't make the team. I gave you the feedback I had so that you'll know going in, there's areas that you need to work on. And then she began to tell me about the second scenario and how they were so impressed with the second scenario and how well I did and how well I did on the interview questions and all of those things. And at the end of the day, well, not that day, but about two days later, I found out I was on the team. I made the team. And then I also found out about the multiple, multiple hours that you have to be on training before you're even allowed to speak to anybody on a phone, bridge, or anywhere. And then I also found out about the multiple months of being on call that you have to be on before you are ever even allowed to be what we call the primary on a call. And and I realized it was the biggest test, but it wasn't a test that they were trying to give me. It was a test for me. Would I continue through failure, would I negotiate for myself? Would I have the conversation with me that said, well, you can quit now or you can just get better. You can, you can stop and never experience this or you can, you can choose to get better. Would I have come off my own bridge, if you will? The one that would have, if I, if I hadn't, it would have ended something great for me. It would have ended a life-changing moment for me had I not come off that bridge. And, and so I am so thankful for number one, a person in my life who said to me, don't quit before you get started. And I'm thankful for that moment where I realized I've done this a lot in areas, a lot. I think so many of us have, so many of us have, and I will tell you, and I'm not going to share it today, but I will tell you three years later, I was on an actual bridge with a man who wouldn't talk to us. And I sat and I listened, I stood and I listened for six hours to that man. 
I listened when he didn't say words. I listened when he did say words. And I'll share that story with you another time. But had I never experienced failure, I would have never grown to success. And I'm so grateful because it made me a better person. And now as I'm taking steps forward and I'm actually negotiating a whole new turn in my life, a whole new road and figuring out all the ups, the downs, the things I don't know that I don't know yet, as I step out of what I call comfort and security and I step into this new role of, of leading a business and stepping away from, from the security of that job and stepping into something that's helping people in a new way, in a way that I haven't done full-time before, it's, it's scary. There's a part of me that wants to quit and just stick with what's comfortable there's a part of me that, that the ego says, oh, just make a bunch of excuses about why you can't. But when it's in you and when it's in your heart, you have got to step down off your own bridge so you can step forward and cross that bridge and live the life you're meant to live. And that's what I have to do. I'm telling you this because I woke up today before I even did this episode and I wanted to quit on myself. I wanted to come up with all the reasons why I should just stick it out and do what I've been doing for the last nine plus years, almost 10 years. I wanted to just keep doing the same old, same old because it felt safe, even when it's really not safe in the job I have right now. But I can't. I can't quit before I actually get started. And so I hope that as you are deciding what areas of your life that you need to negotiate through, that you'll start with you. Start with you. What is the thing that you really, really want to pursue, but you're so scared to mess up? What is the thing that you won't be able to learn until you take a step to do it? Because that's what it was for me. I would have never been allowed to learn how to do what I do had I not done it before I knew how to do it. One of my favorite people in the world, one of my, my mentors that he's only met me once and he is my mentor. I've, I've heard and read so much is John Maxwell. And he says this, he says, everything worth doing is going to be uphill. And when you really, really, really are scared to do it, you have to do it afraid. You have to do it afraid. What are you not doing that you really wish you were? I used to hear people say like, what would you do if you were promised all the resources and you couldn't fail? Well, that's not fair because you're never going to be given all the resources and there's always a chance for failure. So my question for you is, what would you do if you just chose to do it afraid? What would you do even if you failed the first time? Because you knew if you got better, you'll go farther next time. That's the thing you must pursue. I would be living in regret had I always stayed as a pastor. Had I never pursued law enforcement, I would live with regret. Had I never pursued crisis and hostage negotiations, I would be living with regret. And I know that if I don't continue down this path to end this chapter of my life and start writing the next chapter of my life, I will have regret. And I also know I'm going to fail along the way. Lots of times I'm going to stumble and I'm going to run into a whole lot of people that are on those bridges and go, Oh man, I'm glad he's just getting started because there's some things he needs to learn before he does this for real. I know I'm going to run into a lot of roadblocks and I'm going to have to 
jump over a lot of hurdles, go under a lot of things, get through a lot of stuff. But if I don't do it, even afraid, I'm going to regret it. I don't want that for you. So I want to encourage you today, learn from me. I am that supervisor that's saying to you, hey, hold on a second. Don't quit on yourself before you get started. I'm so grateful for that supervisor in my life. So I want to be that for you. Don't quit on yourself before you get started. So what I want you to do is today, here is your action step for today. You don't have to share this with anybody. I'd love for you to share it with me. You can go to jeremynix.com and you can send me a message because I would love for you to tell me what it is. But go write down that thing. That thing that you go, oh, I know if I just did this. Maybe you're, maybe you're like a social media person. You're a, you're a network marketer or, or someone's like, they keep telling me I'm supposed to go live, but I, just, I'm, I know I'm going to be so bad at it. So maybe it's like, I'm going to go live because I'll get better. Maybe you need to take a step away from your job. Maybe you're terrified to do it, but you need to do it. Maybe you need to have that conversation with the person that you've been fighting with, even though it's been a silent fight because no one's talking to each other. Maybe you need to do that. I'll tell you what, on my next episode, I'm going to share with you. It's probably not going to sound the best because of the way we're doing this, but I'm going to share with you a conversation that I'm having as a white cop with a friend of mine who happens to be a black man. And we're going to have a conversation because that's what's going on. And we're going to have a talk because we've got to negotiate this part of our life together. And I'm going to learn from him, but I'm going to tell you right now, I am terrified for what's about to take place. And that'll be our next episode. But I, I am terrified because I don't want to say things wrong. I don't want to say things that'll cause more heartache. I don't want to say things that'll cause more division, but some things you have to do afraid because they're worth doing afraid. So I'm going to, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to walk out the life I'm challenging you to walk out. So go write it down and then do something. Take a step, take a small step, but take a step and do that step afraid because the next step will be less scary. And then you're going to get really good at it. And then you're going to hit your next terror barrier, your next wall of fear. And you're going to have to do it afraid again, but just do something guys. Hope that helps you. I hope you're inspired. I hope you come back next time. Like I said, we're going to have a real conversation. My buddy and I are going to interview each other about what we both are feeling in the midst of all that's going on in our society and our culture. We're not going to shout. We're going to listen. We're going to learn and we're going to love on one another. So I hope you'll be here with us next time.